folks, and welcome to another edition of the CIAC Cast. It has been quite a while since we've joined you here. The the comings and goings of the winter season have uh, have slowed down the podcast a little bit, and for that, I apologize. Just been kind of hard to to find the rhythm of this uh, this season as we go forward, but. We appreciate you checking in with us as we are back for another episode and going to try and ramp things up now as we head into, believe it or not, the winter championship season. That is going to kick off actually today. We're recording this on Thursday, February 8th. The winter championship season getting underway today with the first of four divisional indoor track and field championships. Then the the, uh, open championship will be the following week and that will get us right into the heart of the winter championship season. So as always, I'm Joel Cookson. We're very happy that you've uh, decided to spend a little time with us talking some high school sports. So we're going to have two guests with us today as we uh, try to ramp back up here on the CIAC cast. We're going to have the esteemed Mary Albel of DieStat.com, one of our most frequent CIAC cast guests. She's going to join us to help us break down and preview those upcoming CIAC indoor track and field championships. Then we're going to get out on the phone with uh, Luke DeVoe, who covers uh, high school hockey with his blog, uh, the CT High School Hockey blog, and uh, been looking to get Luke on for a number uh, for a while now. Really interested to talk to him, sort of his independent work covering high school hockey. So very uh, a passion project for him. We're going to check in with him, kind of take the temperature of the high school hockey season as uh, as those championships uh, do begin to approach rather quickly. So that's what's on tap. For this edition of the CIAC cast, again, we thank you for listening to us here. You can always find the uh, the CIAC cast on iTunes, and if you listen to us there, uh, we hope you will uh, subscribe and, and rate and leave us a review there. That's always a good thing for us. You can also uh, hear the podcast on the Google Play app. You can check us out there if you're not, a, uh, not an Apple user, and also hear us on Stitcher. CIC cast is available in all of those fine places as you uh, try to uh, enjoy uh, each episode of the CIC cast talking a little high school sports. So that's where you can uh, can check us out. We hope you'll subscribe. Hope you'll download. Then you won't uh, you won't have to worry if oh gosh they haven't posted a new episode in two months. Have I been missing them? No. If you're subscribed, you'll know that we just uh, haven't been able to get our act together enough for a new CIC cast. But now we, uh, as I said, we will try and get back on track here with a, a one every, at least every other week as we work our way through the championship season. So that's that's where things stand. We always like to tell you, of course, that you can uh, follow all things CIAC on the uh, website, CIACsports.com. Also, if you're on your uh, mobile device and out at a game, check out CIACmobile.com. Uh, just point your browser to that address. You'll get our mobile site, which uh, can be very, very handy out at a venue. It's got game rosters, uh, schedules, uh, all directions to venues, all kinds of good things there. Uh, CIACmobile.com is that address. Of course, this time of year, you're going to want to check out Tournament Central, tournamentcentral.ciacsports.com. That's going to have all your pairings, all the results, all the, uh, the start lists heading into the track and field championships this weekend schedules, updates, if things get postponed, that's where you can find them. Rosters, just everything you could want for CIAC tournament action is available there at tournamentcentral.ciacsports.com. Follow us on Twitter, 
at CIAC Sports, Facebook.com slash CIAC Sports. We're on Instagram now, uh, at CIAC Sports. So all of those places, uh, it's a good way to check us out and keep tabs on what's happening with the world of the CIAC. Uh, also, you can email the podcast, CIACcast at CIAC.org. So that's uh, another way to get in touch with us. Let us know who we should have on as guests. As I said, Mary Albel is a, is a frequent guest for us this week, and we got a first-timer uh, in Luke DeVoe. But uh, if you think there's somebody worth talking to out there, somebody you want to hear from uh, in the realm of high school sports, please let us know, and we'll, uh, we'll see if we can track them down and get, it on, get them on a future edition of the CIAC cast. So all of that said, we're going to quickly do a few pieces of business here. First, as always, we like to tell you uh, here on the CIAC cast, get a message from our friends at the Connecticut Department of Transportation. They remind you that sending or receiving a text takes a driver's eyes from the road for an average of 4.6 seconds, which if you're driving at 55 miles per hour, that's the equivalent of traveling the length of an entire football field blind. Please, do not text and drive or drive distracted and encourage your friends and family to park the phone when they are behind the wheel. One text or call could wreck it all. Just press play on the CIAC cast and uh, put your phone away. You don't need it out. You don't need to see who's texting, who's uh, emailing you. Just put it away. It can wait until you get to your destination. Please be safe when you are behind the wheel. So that's the message from our friends at the Connecticut Department of Transportation. And now we also like to quickly get into things you might have missed from on CICsports.com, and we are a couple things there of note. First, we are, uh, of course, talking uh, winter championships and winter sports here, but the spring sports schedules for 2018 are now available on CICsports.com. If you want to start planning out uh, where you're going to be headed, games that you don't want to miss during the spring season, those are all available at CICsports.com. As always, our editions, uh, our weekly editions of Linked Up, uh, we've had uh, a number of them since the new year, uh, to the calendar flipped to 2018. Always check those out. Great feature stories, great stories from around the world of high school sports. Uh, the Battle of the Fans, our, uh, our school student section spirit competition is starting to wind down. We actually had our submission deadline. We're going to be announcing some finalists in the next day or two, and then you'll see the winner there uh, in the coming weeks. So keep your eyes on that as well. Keep your eyes out. We've got a new story. Hopefully we'll be posting soon uh, about the Class Act school program, our uh, school sportsmanship program uh, that is continuing to grow uh, around the state. So keep an eye out for uh, a great story on some great kids and some great leaders uh, at the high school sports realm, uh, some of the things they've been doing. I think you'll uh, enjoy that story that will be coming out hopefully uh, in the coming days, may even be up by the time this podcast is posted. So those are a few things you might have missed. And as I said, please bookmark that Tournament Central page, tournamentcentral.ciacsports.com. That is where you are going to want to be uh, over the next few months. So we get things started uh, in about a month, uh, or excuse me, in the next day or so with indoor track and field. And it's about a month sprint. We'll have indoor track and field, of course. Uh, gymnastics, wrestling, the cheerleading championships uh, a student in the student activity realm, the dance championships uh, in the student activity realm, wrestling, boys swimming, uh, and of course ice hockey and boys and girls basketball all coming up here in the next uh, just about a month. So that's uh, it's going to be a busy few weeks here in the world of high school sports. TournamentCentral.CIACsports.com is where you can keep tabs on everything that's going on in the world of the CIAC Winter Championships. So all of that said, 
Let's get to our guests. Let's get to the experts here. We're going to start things off, as I said, one of our uh, most frequent guests because she always brings such a great depth, depth and breadth of knowledge. We're going to get on the phone with Mary Albel, diestat.com. She's going to help us break down the upcoming indoor track and field championships. Believe it or not, it is winter championship season time already, and that means we have to do, uh, I think, probably our annual tradition now, where we get on the phone with Mary Albel of DieStat.com, and she's going to help us walk through some of the uh, some of the goings-on for the indoor track and field championships that are kicking off our championship season. Mary, thanks, as always, for being with us. Absolutely. All right, so we've got uh, four indoor track and field uh, divisional championships coming up uh, starting today, actually. We're recording this on Thursday. The, uh, the Class L meet gets us started on Thursday, followed by the M championship on Friday, and then the double L and S on Saturday, and then the Open championship will be the following week. So we won't have Mary go through uh, kind of division by division for us here, but uh, as you look at these meets kind of as a, as a whole, Mary, what are some of the, the storylines or sort of big picture things that uh, that interest you as we head into the the track championships. Yeah, again, I mean it's a lot of um, same storylines, but different ones. Mm-hmm. It seems like each year, you know. Um, again, you got the L's tonight, and then um, double L's, M, S. Um, but just kind of looking at it holistically, you know, um, tonight just um, Hall boys. You know, they're coming off CCC championship. Um, they're in good shape. Um, they should defend their title, and they should win. Um, on the girls' side, you know, you have Windsor, um, always a traditional powerhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this year you'll see a little bit more challenge, um, possibly from Guilford, from the SEC. They have a lot of strong distance runners, especially um, Emeritus um, Bloom and a few others that um, should make it for an interesting meet. Um, one of the things that stands out to me, um, team-wise, is the double L boys and girls. Mm-hmm. Um, on the girls' side, last year you saw Danbury defend their title, but it was separated by, I think, six points between Glastonbury and Greenwich. Yep. And um, Glastonbury's coming off a CCC championship, Greenwich FCAC championship. Um, so that's going to be a really interesting team battle because they're all, you know, all have their strengths and all very well-rounded teams. Um, for the boys in LL, that's another close battle um danbury staples um i feel like we're talking about them every year mm-hmm. and uh, danbury's coming off an fcac championship um staples was close behind um and when you get to that state level you know with more teams in the mix um more bodies more athletes um it can you know the scoring can get a little different so yep. that'll be another fun one to watch and i wouldn't count out xavier you know they're coming off a great cross-country season and you know they have some great sprints, um, jumps, so that will that should be an, another fun battle. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of team-wise. M, again, um, Hill House Boys and Girls, they're coming off um, first, I believe, dual win. They won the SECs, both of them, mm-hmm. first time since 19, or 2005 that's happened. Um, so they have small numbers, but um, – Gary Moore, the Moores always do an awesome job of getting them ready and um, strong in the relays as usual and sprints. Um, the Hill House girls have um, some younger classmen who um, should be able to score some good points for them. Yeah. Um, sort of curious, uh, you know, as you look at it from a big picture, and you mentioned, you know, sometimes those uh, 
you know the the teams that uh, that win their their league championship meets obviously are, are some of the favorites coming in but as you said you know you get to the state meets and things can be a little different with with more athletes um, and, and this could be uh, probably uh, could go either way. But I'm just curious, uh, from your perspective at this point, would you say it's, you know, what are some of the keys to, to coming away with a team championship, whether in the divisional or uh, in the open? Is it, you know, sort of more of the the depth that maybe we think about with uh, track and field sometimes? Or do you think it, it can be more, you know, having that one standout who's going to earn you a lot of points? Or, or is it, uh, could it be either? I'm just curious if you have a, a feel on, on sort of, you know how some of these meets might play out, or, or what you think are some of the keys uh, that that might lead to, uh, or might help us get a chance, uh, a sense of who might come away with the titles. Right. Yeah. Traditionally, when you're looking at um, the state meets, you know, going for the L double L titles, um, the depth helps a lot, especially in the relays. That's mm-hmm. why we have a good chance of seeing L House walk away with an M title. Um, but then, you know, again, like L, um, you have a lot of bodies um, for the girls with Guilford and the distances, and those are going to rack up a lot of points. Yep. Um, but it's funny you mentioned when you get to the Open, you know, it's really, if you have that one strong runner, we saw it a few few years ago with Eric Vanderels um, of Brian McMahon. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I believe, scored 30 points for them, and they finished runner-up. Yep. Like, so it just, um, it's a little bit different when you get to the Open, but um, just the state level, I would say definitely, um it's the bodies and the depth, like you like you mentioned. So. Yeah. Um, so interesting, you know, you look at and, and was just, you know, looking back at the, the results from last year. And if there was a, a story from last year's championships, it might have been the sort of uh, the dominant performances, as you mentioned, the Danbury boys who won both uh, double L and the Open. And then the Bloomfield girls who just rolled their mm-hmm. way through uh, both Class yep. S and the Open championship, winning by pretty significant margins. Do you see similar dominant teams this year, or do you think maybe you'll be a little bit tighter? Um, obviously, maybe not all of the divisional meets are going to be tight, but uh, some. do you see a dominant teams out there, or do you think we're looking at more of a balanced landscape this year? I honestly think it's going to be a little bit more balanced this year because you don't have – I don't know. I mean, I could definitely see Danbury. They have the bodies, and they have those guys that are up there, the mm-hmm. top in a lot of those events, but – I think we are going to see a lot more balance this year rather than um, last year when you did. We saw Danbury and Bloomfield kind of run away with the titles. Um, So I think it's going to be pretty close. You know, again, wouldn't count out Hill House at all in contending for an open title possibly. Um, So that will be interesting. No question. So, yeah, well, that will keep an eye on that. Any um, any particular uh, events that, that sort of have your interest? You know, that's always kind of the some of the fun things we look back on, you know, some of the memorable, uh, you know, highly competitive events um, from previous years. We had that stretch where we had those great battles in the, uh, the girls' distance uh, competitions. Um, uh, we've had some great uh, pole vaulting over the, over the recent history. Mm-hmm. I'm curious if there's any events uh, that stand out where you've got a, a strong handful of, uh, of competitors who might might put up whether some record-breaking performances or just uh, very, very competitive races heading into the, the championship meets? Yeah, again, individually, um, you'll get to see them all compete together at the Open, but um, just looking at the boys' distance events, the mile, um, 3,200, you know, you have um, Alex from Wyndham. He put down a 416 mile at Yale, and he's one of the top 15 in the country right now, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um and then you add in um, double L battle that's been going on for the last three years. Drew Thompson of Fairfield Prep, Brendan Murray 
of Cheshire, then you add in those Xavier runners. They're all in double L, and mm-hmm. that's um, another great battle. And then you add those all into the open, and that's one heck of a race <laughs> yeah. um, right there. Um, for the girls, um, not so much um, a handful of individuals, but just keep an eye on the jumps. I would say um, Carly Carponio. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right, but of Avon. She has... Um, Close to eighteen and a half foot long jump, which is incredible. Um, top ten in the country. She's mm-hmm. a name to definitely watch. Um, again, on the jumps, um, Deshaun Vaughn of Career Class S. He has another great um, mark, and I believe it's the high jump or, tri- or a triple jump. Um, and then Class M in the shot put, you have Michael Browning of Ram, uh, almost a sixty foot shot and wow. i don't know when the last time we had that in the boys um that's another top 15 top 10 mark in the country right now so very good so some uh, definitely some things to keep an eye on what about um just a, and you mentioned a, you know a handful of uh, of competitors there but any other athletes that you're particularly interested in in seeing what they put together here as we get into the uh, the championship meets whether it's uh, you know people threatening some records perhaps or, or people who you know could be uh, could kind of put their stamp on a meet the way you mentioned uh, um, the, the gentleman from Brian McMahon did a few years ago any athletes that stand out to you that you're particularly curious to see how they perform in the next week or so yeah there's a freshman from Fairfield Ludlow Tess Stapleton um, she does the 55 hurdles high jump and long jump um, she's just probably one of the top freshmen um, in the state and one of the top in the country. Um, it's been great to see her progression um, of how she's kind of handled herself at um, this new elite level, and she's um, really done a great job. So it'll be interesting how she does mm-hmm. um, at the L's and then the Opens if she advances. But she's put down um, some almost an 18-foot long jump, which is great for a freshman. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how big she steps up and how big, you know, the big stage affects her. Um, she's a name. Also, I mentioned earlier, Alex from Wyndham. Um, depending what he focuses on, whether that be the 1,632, he could put down a great time and maybe threaten some of those records that Henry Wynn, um, Christian Alvarado have. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's definitely in contention to take one of those down. Um, also, just from maybe the smaller classes class s you have um ken little jr from derby he's Mm -hmm. in the distances um he's a name that's been really fun to follow is derby's a smaller school um not a big program but he's just done an amazing job he's one of the top distance runners in the state so he's definitely in the mix to see um what he does very good. Well, looking forward to all of that. How about uh, we'll get you? Uh, I I never like to do make you do uh, predictions because there's so many different things that might uh, might go on. But curious if there's any sort of you know off the radar teams, uh, whether at the divisional meet or um, you know obviously projecting ahead into the open. But maybe some teams that uh, you know haven't been in the championship mix uh, in the last few years that you think might be uh, contenders either for divisional titles or to be uh, at least kind of in the conversation. Once we get to the open, any schools that uh, that you think could kind of uh, come in off the radar a little bit? Yeah, I mean, we talked about them before. Um, maybe not a surprise to many right now. They're coming off an FCAC championship, but that'd be the Greenwich girls. Mm-hmm. Um, they've slowly and steadily been building up that back that program back up. Um, 
And again, I think they have a real good shot to win the double L and then contend for the Open. They have a lot of girls in um, relays, distances, hurdles, um, just really strong numbers in a handful of events. So I don't know how much they're sneaking up on people, but just a team that hasn't won a lot of hardware in the past. Um, So it'd be really great for that program to come away with something. Um, On the boys' side, you know, um, I don't know how much they're sneaking up on people again. Um, Another well-known name, but Hill House, I feel like they're going to be in the mix for the Open. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe, you know, they don't get counted on on in a lot um, with the bigger LL teams with Danbury and Staples and um, Hall, but I feel like they could um, make some noise given if they put everything together in the relays and sprints. All right. So uh, as you say, uh, a familiar name there, but maybe one that people aren't uh, aren't counting on to be in the mix there at the at the right. Open Championship with some of those Double uh, L and L powerhouse schools. So a lot to keep track of. Of course, you can uh, go to tournamentcentral.ciacsports.com to uh, to get all of the start lists, all of the results, all the schedules, all that good stuff heading into the meet, and go to uh, diestat.com to get all of Mary's great coverage from the uh, the championships. She'll be setting up shop at the uh, the Floyd Little athletic center as she always does this time of year to keep uh, keep tabs on the track and field so mary we always appreciate it always appreciate all your great knowledge and coverage of uh, of track and field and uh we'll look forward to, to seeing what you produce over the next few days as we get some great championships thanks for joining us absolutely thanks joel Thanks so much to Mary Albel for uh, always finding a little time to chat with us. She bring, does a, a great job. Check out her work at diestat.com as uh, we wind our way through the indoor track and field championships. As we said, uh, one championship meet on Thursday, one on Friday, two on Saturday, and then the Open Championship will be the following Saturday. Next up, a first-time guest to our uh, our podcast. As I said, we uh, we have been trying to get this gentleman on for a while now, but he's got a day job, so it's not always the easiest thing in the world to uh, to track him down, which we certainly understand. But uh, that is Luke DeVoe, one of the proprietors of cthighschoolhockey.org. So that's CT hshockey.org does a great job uh, as active as anybody you can find uh, covering high school sports and high school hockey specifically uh, during the winter season. He does a wonderful job and uh, we want to get on the phone with him and, and touch, take the temperature of the winter hockey season. So here's Luke DeVoe, Luke DeVoe of highschoolhockey.com. We've got a first-time guest on the CIAC cast, and I'm very excited to uh, to welcome this gentleman uh, who does a wonderful job uh, of keeping track of the comings and goings of the high school hockey world in the state of Connecticut, Luke DeVoe from the uh, the website Connecticut High School Hockey, cthshockey.org. Luke, thanks so much for joining us. Glad to be here. So uh, got a couple things that we wanted to, uh, to hit on with Luke. Um, one of the things that I find so uh, so interesting and so great about his site is obviously uh, he's not working for you know one of the the sort of traditional media outlets in the state of Connecticut, but uh, just obviously has a passion for high school hockey. So I wanted to kind of start off and uh, give people a little uh, perspective on on who it is that uh, is running this CT High School Hockey site. How did you uh, how did you get involved in this? What made you want to decide to uh, to jump into high school hockey in the state of Connecticut and cover it the way that you have? Well, I was running, when I was in college at Quinnipiac, I ran the QU hockey blog for four years, and it was, uh, it was, it was fun. You know, travel with the team a little bit, cover the games, 
And when I finished up there, it, there was a void that I needed to fill. <laughs> so I, uh, so uh, 2012, I started CTHS hockey. Uh, the first year was pretty much just D1 coverage. Mm-hmm. And what I, what I found from doing that is that D2 and D3 were really starving for some coverage. Uh, you know, a lot of the local media papers, they do their top tens, and it's pretty much filled with D1 teams. Uh, a lot of the local uh, smaller papers cover pretty much their D1 teams. So I wanted to, you know, shine a spotlight on all the teams in the state. Sure. Um, so, you know, it was just me for a few years. I had my photographer, Chrissy DeVito, but I was covering it pretty much on my own. Uh, this year we brought on five staffers, five different guys from around the Connecticut high school hockey world, brought in Kevin Cunningham, uh, former Cheshire Academy coach, coached at Connecticut College, uh, Jesse Peters, former Tritown coach. I brought on Ben Klein, Dave Blanchard, who had a successful run with CT Hockey Talk, and, um, again, my photographer, Chrissy DeVito. And, you know, we, we, our goal is to provide the most comprehensive uh, high school hockey coverage we can of all 56 teams. This year our goal is to see every team. We only have four more teams that we need to see <laughs> as a group. And uh, so we're, we're kind of ahead of the game, you know, early on in February, and it's, it's been a blast. You know, I never, I've said it before, you know, talking about it on our own podcast and things like that, I never thought this would turn into what it has, mm-hmm. you know, with the, the thousands of followers that we have on Twitter. You know, Instagram's kind of blown up. We've gotten onto Snapchat this year, and it's been really excited. You know, we, we try to have a, a very comprehensive coverage of the sport, but also keep it with a little bit of a lighter side. Sure. You know, Jesse's doing his snack bar reviews. Uh, we, we rate the uniforms and the rinks. Um, and above all else, we pride ourselves in being honest. You know, some people might not always like what they hear, but uh, at the end of the day, we try to we try to make sure we're honest in everything that we do. Yeah. No, I think uh, I, I think you know, with with people doing it the way you do it, uh, it's the enthusiasm that I think appeals to people. You know, appeals to the public. I think it was one of your uh, your uniform, uh, you know, bracket or polls, uh, you know, competitions that sort of caught my eye initially. Uh, and it's just as you say, the uh, I think the people respond to the uh, to the enthusiasm. So you talk about, you know, when or at least let's start prior to this year when you say you were covering, um, you know, were you getting out to a lot of games? Are you covering mostly just by kind of tracking box scores and and results or things like that? What did coverage entail for you uh, at least prior to this year when you uh, you added the staff? And now how is that? Uh, how has that changed this year? Yeah, well, when it, when it was just me, I would get to, I'd say, probably two or three games a week. You know, Wednesday and Saturday are big days where almost everybody plays. Um, I live in Hamden, so obviously it's easy for me to get to Hamden games, Northford, Milford. Uh, but we'd always make it a point to try and do a game in Newington. We went up to Yukon, uh, going out to Danbury or down to Darien. Uh, so it was, it was it's made it a lot easier having, you know, some guys helping out with all that. Sure. Um, but it, what Twitter's become is pretty fascinating. You know, when I first started, maybe 10 teams had their own private Twitter account where they would post their scores, results. Um, and since we've been doing what we've been doing, it's all, almost every team has their own account. Yep. Uh, people send me in scores left and right. You know, again, this year more so, even last year, year before, we have the scores right when they happen. You know, we, we, they don't have to wait till the paper the next day. Um, CIAC has done a great job of getting the scores up quickly, um, and that's, you know, improved over the years. I, was, I mentioned to you earlier that the rankings on the site looks fantastic. Um, but, you know, we, we pride ourselves, especially on Twitter, getting the scores out, you know, the second that they happen so that yeah. people could have them. And then on the website, we also have a scoreboard that I try to update as quickly as I can. So um, just seeing the growth 
in people getting scores to me, um, and that that came obviously with the growing following. Um, but it, it's really certainly you know emerged and, and gotten stronger and better. And it takes a village. You know, we we aren't going to be able to get every single score, but with people helping out and the, the high school hockey community is strong. And it's really created a, a special thing for us. No question about it. Well, uh, we encourage folks uh, to, uh, as I said, the website is uh, is cthshockey.org. Uh, the Twitter account is uh, is the same. It's cthshockey, uh, at cthshockey. And also encourage folks, he mentioned they just launched a, a podcast this year, and that's Road to the Whale. So uh, so a competing uh, podcast, but the, that's all right. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll uh, still support that, a, a hockey-specific <laughs> one, uh, as folks uh, make their way to, uh, to Yale and obviously the, uh, the semifinals and championships this year. So all good stuff. And, and for fans of high school hockey in Connecticut, it really is uh, must-follow stuff. So we've got you here now. Let's, uh, we've gotten kind of some of the logistics out of the way, but let's, uh, let's dive into the hockey season a little bit here. As you said, we're in uh, early February, a uh, little over a month month or so away from um, the, that ch big championship weekend uh, at Yale. So let's uh, let's start here. What do you sort of see as, as some of the kind of big storylines or, or big things that have caught your attention, uh, you know, broadly speaking, as, as you look at the 2017-18 uh, the uh, high school hockey season in Connecticut so far? Yeah, well, I think we'd be uh, it would be a mistake not to mention what Fairfield Prep's done, as much as that pains some people in the state <laughs> to hear them being as successful as they are. Mm -hmm. You know, they're off to a 13-0 and start. We haven't had a team go undefeated since New Canaan did it in 2010-11. So uh, to see what they do, especially with the schedule they play, playing, you know, perennial New England powers outside of Connecticut competition, uh, that's definitely a, a key storyline. They have a big weekend coming up at the Pope Francis Invitational, starting off with Del Barton. Um, you know, you look, like we said, we like to make sure we cover all the divisions. You look at the D3 division right now, and I think one of the key storylines there is Wallingford supremacy. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the Lyman Hall co-op has been incredibly strong out of the gate, and Sheehan's right up there with them, definitely worthy of being a top three team. So some people kind of are really looking forward to the possibility of maybe a Lyman Hall-Sheehan D3 final, which would be fantastic. Um, you know, one of the things I like to look at each year are the teams that win the previous year and see how they do coming yeah. back. And you, know, you got to tip your hat to Ridgefield and Guilford, who've put together very respectable seasons. It's not easy to come back from a championship year in uh, Connecticut High School hockey with the turnover that is usually you know usually happens. Mm -hmm. And Ridgefield especially has been outstanding, and I think they're one of the teams right up there, one A to prep that could be making a repeat visit to Yale. Um, and then you look at some of the, the teams sort of down the rung that have had some really bad years over the years. You look at the co-op of the Eastern Connecticut Eagles and the year they're having this year. You know, seven wins right out of the gate. They're a team who had, you know, 12 total wins over the last three years. Yep. Um, so it's good. It's, re it's reassuring for me and what we do to see teams like that start to put it together, and it's definitely rewarding for those kids. So, yeah, those, those are just some of the storylines we have now. You know, there, there's different ones emerging, you know, every day. You have teams like NFI who made the move up to D1 this year, uh, despite bowing out in the D2 semis last year, and they've had a very respectable year, almost beat Prep, almost beat Notre Dame, uh, West Haven, and they've held their own in their other games. So it's definitely a fun year. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, how about, uh, you know, maybe uh, for folks who are either just kind of winding into uh, into the hockey season or, or gearing up for the, uh, I guess, almost into the stretch run, believe it or not, here, as we, as you say, the uh, calendar flips to February, who are maybe a handful of, uh, of the players in the state that, uh, that really intrigue you or that folks should, uh, should really make a point to, uh, to go and check out, whether uh, in the regular season or as we head into tournament time? You know, you look um, at Lyman Hall right now, they have two kids who have to be among the state-leading scorers. You have Scott Bradley and Kyle Roberts, both in the high 40s in total points right now. And they have a sophomore kid, T.J. Arduini, who's kind of rounding out that team. And when you get that secondary scoring we've seen in the past, you know, that's a team to be reckoned with. Um, to me right now, the best goalie in the state is the kid Jake McGee on Fairfield Prep. The numbers he has right now are just outstanding, especially considering the competition they play. Um, more locally, for some of the, the fans in my area, a senior on Hamden, Mason Boyan, has 18 goals right now. Mm-hmm. After kind of a quiet career, has really exploded his senior year. Um, Guilford returns the duo of John DeLucia, Jack Ring, two prolific scorers who really make them go. On kind of a somber note, uh, a player who I think could be the best player in the state, Sam New, uh, for the Staples records, he just went out with an injury, and he's going to miss some time. Hopefully they get him back for the state tourney run, but Sam's a special player to watch. Yeah. Um, and the best player that nobody in this area is really talking about is probably the kid Tim Arena on Farmington Valley, the Farmington Valley Generals Co-op. Uh, he's just a, a world-class player, a nice kid, and he's done a great job. Um, trying to think if there's any other kids off the top of my head. The Romano twins at Sheehan are really fun. Two freshman twins who oh, wow. are part of a really electric offense there. So uh, the state is rich with players. And the cool part, too, is you know you look at a team like Ridgefield, who has kids uh, like Forrest, uh, Nikki Cullinan, Keys Van Wees, where if they were on some of these other teams – Without the depth that Ridgefield has, they would be the top-line guys. They would be collecting tons of crazy points. But the depth of a team like that, you, you, you try not to avoid naming players like that simply because their points aren't the same as some other guys, right. but they're certainly just as deserving. What about uh, any, uh, and obviously there's there's still some time to go, but any kind of uh, surprises for you from uh, from this season, whether teams that uh, you know have maybe uh, exceeded expectations or just in the way uh, that maybe the season has gone? Anything that's been... Uh, that, that maybe you weren't expecting uh, from this campaign? Well, you mentioned a team like the Eastern Connecticut Eagles who, you know, have just been, you know, down the bottom of every D3 ranking for, for as long as they've been together as a co-op, mm-hmm. and they're going to be a team to watch moving forward. I look at the, the Weathersfield co-op, WMRP, who won 17 games last year, uh, lost almost everybody, and they're right back in the mix. So that's a, that's a testament to Coach Dennis Tulamary and what he's doing over there. Um, Connard is a team who is surprising me a bit. They have a first-year coach there in uh, Chris Quinadici, and they are right in the mix with D2 teams. You know, some t- you have to watch the Watertown Pomperog farmington Valley battle at the top of D2 right now. Uh, those are two teams that are really, really fun to watch in two completely contrasting styles, and uh, those are definitely two of my favorites to reach the D2 uh, finals. And really, I think it's that 1A team at D1. You know, I, I, there, to me, there's kind of a, a tier right below prep of teams like Ridgefield, Notre Dame, West Haven, Greenwich, Xavier, who if anybody's going to knock off prep, it's going to be one of those teams. Yeah. Um, I think there is a bit of a separation from them and the teams a little bit below them right now. And it's going to be really interesting to see who can kind of, uh, you know, pony up and be the ones to go toe-to-toe with prep, you know, come tourney time.
Absolutely. So we'll, uh, we'll we'll get you out of here with uh, with a few predictions, and obviously uh, a lot can change in the next month or so um, in terms of, first of all, you don't even know how the pairings are going to shake out, so you don't know who's going to be playing who and, and that kind of thing. But maybe just give me, uh, you know, the top, from your perspective right now, maybe the, the teams that you would, if you were to kind of do your own personal rankings uh, of maybe the top one or two or three teams in each division, kind of at least at this point right now, how would you, uh, how would you kind of see things shaking out? All right, so we'll uh, we'll kind of break it down by division. I'll start with D one. I think you know you'd be you'd kind of be foolish right now to not say Prep is your overwhelming favorite, um, but that doesn't you know like I said there is that group of teams. I really like Xavier. Xavier's one of those teams that I kind of pick to go far every year, mm-hmm. and they sort of let me down. Uh, but I'm going to be right there with them again this year, depending on the matchups. I love Ridgefield and their. Uh, potential to, you know, repeat and come back to the state title. Um, not picking them to beat prep. If I had to pick a team right now, it definitely would be prep. But that group of Xavier, Ridgefield, Greenwich, maybe Notre Dame, West Haven, I uh, really like them. At the D2 level, I picked uh, Watertown Pomperog before the season to win the whole thing. Um, I do think Farmington Valley is the favorite there right now. If I, had to, if I had to pick again, I'd probably pick Farmington Valley. Some teams to watch are uh, Guilford's offense is so dynamic, you can't count them out. Yep. Um, and then I really like this Connard team. They seem like they're a scrappy group led by a bunch of seniors, kids who've had you know, a little bit more battle-tested. Uh, we'll see how they, can, uh, how they can finish out. And then I pick Lyman Hall at the beginning of the year. I'll stick with Lyman Hall now. Tritown has been playing much, much better of late, uh, sort of figuring it out. They had a really rough start to the year, uh, but they're really playing much better. Sheehan, Staples, I, w- I would have Staples right up there, but I'm questioning some of the health with them right now with some of the injuries they have. Mm-hmm. But they're definitely a well-coached team, Chris Avina. And, uh, but I would stick with – so right now I'd stick with Lyman Hall and Prep as my preseason favorites. I'm going to follow them all the way through. And I might switch Farmington Valley from Watertown Pomparag. Uh, but, hey, I, I think, you know, if we get any of those teams in there, it's going to be an absolutely electric tournament. And uh, obviously uh, reserve the right to, uh, to change your mind as the, uh, the, the months uh, progress here and we get to uh, championship time. Gets me, uh, gets me fired up just hearing you talk about it, Luke, and, uh, and I know uh, high school hockey fans around the state of Connecticut feel the same way. So, again, the, uh, the site is cthshockey.org. Follow him on uh, and his, uh, his cavalcade of, uh, of writers on Twitter at CTHS Hockey and, uh, and check out the podcast, The Road to the Whale. Luke, we really appreciate it. Glad we could, uh, could get you on the podcast here to, uh, to talk about all the great work you're doing and, and appreciate the knowledge. Enjoy the rest of the season, and hopefully we'll catch up with you again. Thank you very much for having me on, Joel. Thanks so much to Luke for getting on the phone with us. Really appreciate it. Uh, as I said, you know, it's always exciting to, to see folks who just have a passion for high school sports and have found a way to, uh, to cover it uh, independent of, uh, you know, your traditional media outlets. And he does a wonderful job uh, keeping tabs on everything that's happening in the world of high school hockey in Connecticut. So we really appreciate that. Check out his site, cthshockey.org. Very active on Twitter as well. Uh, You can follow him there, and uh, and you will be glad that you did. It's at cthshockey is the address, uh, the Twitter address, and he is... uh, he is on top of the world of high school hockey in the state of Connecticut. So we really appreciate that, uh, him taking a little time to chat with us. 
As always, we're appreciative of Mary Albel's time as well, helping us look at the uh, the upcoming indoor track and field championships that will get started uh, by the time you listen to this podcast, most likely. And uh, as I said, that kicks off a very busy month or so of high school championships. So follow uh, the CIAC Sports on Twitter at CIAC Sports, Facebook.com slash CIAC Sports, Instagram at CIAC Sports, CIAC Sports.com. Most importantly, that Tournament Central page, Tournament Central .ciacsports.com. All that play, all of that information is where you will get updated scores, updated schedules, updated r- rankings. That's where the brackets will be posted uh, once we get to that time of year with sports that uh, have their pairings coming out. Place is the place to be for uh, for your high school tournament championship information in the state of Connecticut. So tournamentcentral.ciacsports.com. We of course thanks again to our friends at the Connecticut Department of Transportation. It's uh, it's been a little while, as I said, since we've been out here on the podcast. But we hope you uh, enjoyed uh, revisiting things here and getting back into the swing of things. Happy to be along with you, and uh, hope you'll remember to subscribe if you listen to us on iTunes. Subscribe and leave us a review. We're also on the Google Play app. You can listen to us there if you've got an Android phone, uh, and uh, on Stitcher as well. All the places you could find the CIAC cast. So we'll try to get back into a, a more regular uh, posting and, uh, and podcasting schedule. But in the meantime, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the CIAC cast. We will be back with you hopefully in another week or so. Until then, I'm Joel Cookson. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you will join us again for another edition of the CIAC cast. <laughs>